0: Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. All right. Well, thank you, Marketeers, for joining us. Today I have on Shiloh Swanson. She is an SNPS fellow and a CPSM. She's also the senior principal and national sales manager at Stantec. Welcome Shiloh. Hi, good morning, how are you? I'm well. So first question, how did you get into this industry? What's your story?
1: It's so crazy because I actually went to law school, started law school and My husband was in the military, so I ended up taking a job with an engineering company. And at the time, I actually thought it was a law firm. The funniest part of it was back in those days, it was the early 90s. There was no internet or Wi-Fi. You know, you couldn't Google a company. So I went in, interviewed, still thinking it was a law company, found out they were engineers after I took the job. And started basically, it was 93, 94. I started working for them. Um, Started off more as administrative support and ended up being like a spec writer, working in word processing. And back in the 90s, for those of us that are older, there really was no such thing as a marketing department or marketers or graphic designers. I mean, most of the folks that worked on proposals were word processors or technical writers, and our graphic designers were typically drafters. So we started really working and focusing on bettering our proposal documents. And I remember the days when we would print something out from DOS and take a actual photo, glue it on, and then go take it to the copy house to make color copies for our submittals. <laughs> Right. So that's where I started from. I was working for Winslow and Kelly, about 450 people, California based company. And we teamed up with CH2M Hill on some, a really big geysers project. And that was the first time I had ever seen a marketer or business developer. CH was one of the very few companies that actually had a marketing department in the early 90s. So I kind of teamed up with their marketing squad, love what they did, love their job responsibilities. And I asked the owner at the time, I'm like, I want to, I want to be a marketer. Like, this is what I want to do. What do you think? And he said, well, if you want to do it, go do it, go figure it out. And so that was probably like 94, 95 and we started and I read a ton of marketing books and business development books and rainmaking books and started joining SMPS and going to SMPS meetings and learning about what some of the folks did for business development and marketing. And I started the very first marketing department for Wednesday and Kelly, and we hired some folks to become marketing coordinators and spent a couple years training up a department and learning about what the job was like and as we were doing it other companies were doing it too and that's about the start of where marketing and business development came from in our industry really you know we weren't the only ones there was other firms that were starting to hire marketers no one knew what their jobs were we just kind of all started being friends and learning what each other did and so that's that's kind of the grassroots on how i started in this industry I wanted to be an attorney, but I actually love this more. So I just did not keep, I didn't finish law school. I just stuck with this and kept on going. So that's my background. I've worked with huge companies. I mean, all the top five, 500 design firms. So, you know, CH and Tetra Tech and AECOM, Black and Beach, Brown and Caldwell, HDR, I've worked with all of them in some way, shape or form, or worked for them at some point in my career. So I really had the advantage of getting inside the big tents and seeing how they all operate and seeing how their marketing teams are put together and seeing how their sales teams are structured. And I learned a lot about all the perspectives from super big companies to really small companies. I spent a couple years on my own consulting, worked a lot with small businesses in Southern California, went in, did some business plans, worked on marketing plans, did a lot of training, helped with, you know, small business qualification packages to get them on the SBE type list. So I've been blessed with a lot of opportunities and some great business development mentors and folks that have spent their careers in this industry and are now retired. And I just have soaked up everything I could learn and that's pretty much how I got started. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like 28 or 29 years now. I'm starting to not count anymore because it's past the 20 year mark. So.
0: Right. (laughs) You're one of the first people that actually had no idea what you were getting into. I had absolutely no idea,
1: none whatsoever. I was thinking I was going to go in and be like a legal assistant and new <laughs> attorney world and definitely got into a different world, that's for sure.
0: Excellent. Well, your background is why I wanted to have you on the podcast. And one of the things that I think you're particularly good at is sort of foreseeing what's coming and then adapting your activities around it. And considering that we are just about at a year in this pandemic, which is insane, at this stage, what should we as AEC professionals be doing to build our business?
1: So, I, you know, being in the industry so long, I've seen some crazy economic downturns. And obviously, I've seen huge propositions or federal funding or money coming, just change the landscape of our entire business and business models. And so, change is inevitable. I think that I love the book, like who moved my cheese, because every five or eight years, we're dealing with the who moved my cheese situation. Mm-hmm. In the, You know, early 90s, we had a little bit of an economic downturn. Then in the early 2000s, we had a downturn. And so I've watched a couple, I want to say like a couple, maybe many generations or many decades of things that have happened that have changed the way we've had to do business. And like in the 90s, you know, we were struggling to win work. You know, it was definitely a dynamic environment in our industry. And so we had to adjust. Part of the adjustment was creating marketing teams to really start focusing on proposals. And every time you chased a pursuit, it was you had to win it because there weren't that many at the time later Mm -hmm. 90s. And then in 2000s, we saw a big flurry of work. And so everyone readjusted. So I've seen some big readjustments in our industry in the last three decades. And so right now with COVID, obviously, it's a completely different situation. You know, we can't see our clients face to face it's very difficult to be in person for interviews. It's very difficult to go meet with new clients and actually sit down and build a relationship. And so it's a new challenge, but I think, you know, we've seen so many challenges happen. Everyone just kind of starts adjusting and changing and refocusing and, and developing new normals. I think I've gone through like three or four new normals quote unquote in my career Right so for COVID you know we don't know how long it's going to last we can assume it's going to last maybe another year the vaccines are out so we just don't know we're in that unknown place so what i focus on and i think our team focuses on here is how are we going to adjust with the new normal right now and then what do we want to do in the future to build our business you know deepen our relationships, create new relationships. It's all about developing a strategy right now to make it through the next year, which is kind of a short-term goal, but that is what it is right now. Everything's short-term because it's such a dynamic environment right now.
0: Right. So then how do you suggest us determining where we are now and where we want to be?
1: It depends on who you are within your organization. Large organizations have strategy teams, smaller organizations have leadership teams that still work on strategy, just different. You know, you're looking at 20,000 people versus maybe 500 people. It really depends on what your role is in the company. I personally think that the marketing and sales and business development professionals. We have a responsibility to look outside the box, be creative, not think in our own swim lane, like look across all the swim lanes. you know. As marketers, our goal and really what our job should be is looking forward. How are we going to approach this market? How are we gonna win more work? What are the things that we need to do in the new normal kind of behaviors do we need to change in order to position for you know, this must win pursuit or this new opportunity or this new projects that's coming right our clients, they have to continue executing their CIP and we all know that, especially in California. They have aging infrastructure and we have sustainability issues and we have climate change and all these fun things going on, so the clients have to keep pushing work out. Our job is figuring out, okay, now with the new normal, without face-to-face contact or the ability to go in and visit with a client or even walk job sites. I've seen a huge delay right now and even a hold on walking job sites with teams just because of the pandemic. So I look to, and I think most companies, leaders look to the sales and the business developers and the marketers to think creatively and come up with cool things that we can do better with the tools that we have, like a Zoom or Teams, knowing that we won't be able to get in person with someone to build a relationship.
0: Right. So how do you suggest firms and individuals connect then? So there's a lot of
1: chatter. I mean, virtual meetings and Zooms have been around for a while. We know that we're going to be restricted from in-person meetings. So we really have to think outside of that box. And I'll say a couple of things, Keelan, because I think they're important. Client relationships are like core to our business, right? So existing client relationships, being a client's trusted advisor, a go-to company, you know, if you had that relationship prior to COVID right now, that's your money mark, right? I mean, those clients that you've worked for for years They love your employees. They love your staff. They love your people. They keep feeding you work. I mean, right now with the environment that we're working in, those those relationships that were formed prior to COVID are just golden now. I see a lot of companies trying to develop new relationships and sell new work and they're failing. And you have to step back and really think like, why, why are they failing? Well, if they don't know you and they don't trust you, it's the same as before. That That is a fact. If they didn't know you and trust you before COVID, you definitely don't have that trusted relationship now. So part of our strategy is reevaluating our client base, looking at all of our top clients, those long-term trusted advisor type relationships, and we're recalibrating to focus on our core top 20, top 120, if you look across North America, we're focusing on those clients that we have relationships with where we can maybe deepen the relationship or provide additional services, things that look and feel like low hanging fruit. I think you're going to spend a whole lot more money if you're chasing new clients right now, and you're likely not going to win work because that's just the environment we're in. So that's kind of what we've been looking at is, you know, who do we really have as a core client? How can we expand our services? And then making a strategy around every single client on how to meet with them, set up Zoom meetings, virtual interviews, you know, maybe some project wellness checks. So, you know, you can always have someone call your client and say, I just want to check in on the work and our performance and, you know, build a relationship that way. We're also working on really cool technology videos and and using the tools on the internet, using some of the virtual tools that we have to continue to connect with those existing clients. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. 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 It kind of sounds like what you're outlining here is like that a company needs some form of an engagement plan with their existing clients.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm a big advocate of the client centric approach and I do think, you know, a way that we can get through this pandemic as marketers or business development, you know, professionals is to step back and really analyze who are your core clients. You would be shocked at how many people and companies can't really tell you who their core clients are. They have to go back and actually look at, you know, revenue over the past couple of years. They have to analyze where they're winning work and not winning work. I mean, I can tell you most of the classes or workshops that I teach, even with the principals in the room, they have to go back and think through who are our top clients. Who's our top 10 clients? You know, who, who do we work for Most of the time, where does 80% of our work come from? Most of the time, it's the same clients, to be honest, especially with smaller companies, right? So I highly suggest everybody goes back and kind of pulls together that top client list to see where is 80% of your revenue coming from and 80% of your work coming from and start there. That would be the starting point. And with the pandemic, those relationships that existed prior to COVID Those are the relationships that you want to make engagement plans around. How are we going to continue to, you know, talk to this person every month? Are there any cool ideas or workshops that we can do for the client staff and maybe some of their engineers, you know, architects or whatever it is, and start kind of thinking through some good ideas and and thoughtful ideas where you can continue to help that client. Because remember, our clients are struggling with the pandemic. Most of them don't have the technologies that we have as consultants. They have different rules than we have, obviously they're trying to execute a CIP and their hands are tied, right? I mean, I've been talking to a friend of mine that works with a really big city and they're contracting, people are working out of office. So, I mean, they've got a lot of logistics going on with at-home employees, at-home workers, and still trying to get that CIP moving for the board, right? So, if you look at what they're facing, then you have to pre- you know readjust internally to see how you can help that client. Are there any special services we can offer, or can we use an as needed to get in there and help them rehabilitate a pipe or whatever it is, right? But each client's very different. So when you create a client engagement plan and approach, you know, it's really about each individual client. Does that make sense?
0: Yep. Perfect. <laughs> So then from more of an external perspective, aside from social media engagement, what else should we as marketers be doing?
1: You know, it's interesting. I've had that question come up a lot. And, you know, what's the hardest thing when you're working on pursuits, right? And you're under fire and this is pre-COVID, what's what's some of the biggest challenges that you come up against? Trying to find updated resumes, Project descriptions that are current, right? Photos for projects. I really have been encouraging us during this pandemic. You know, look, if you're trying to find things to do, if you're slow, what are the kind of the top three or four things that you've been wanting to do for the last 10 years and you haven't been able to get to it? And I think I had, you know, I taught a kind of a morning session and it was funny. The topic was, you know, how do we, Keep moving forward during a pandemic when our hands are a bit tight. Well, our hands aren't really tight internally, you know. I mean, you can have mm-hmm. an account manager's focusing on their clients. You can help them with the strategy development on how to infiltrate their organization or continue, you know, building relationships. But internally, right now, everybody has an opportunity to really step back and say, you know, do we have all of our resumes updated? <laughs> Likely not. I, I can yeah. 100% guarantee you that. Every single company is in the same predicament. Every, you know, resumes get updated every time we work on a pursuit. Project descriptions. I mean, go back. What are your top 20 or 30 projects that you use all the time? And every time you pull it up for a proposal, you have to update it. Well, you know, start thinking about some of that busy work that you've had on your list of to-dos for the last five, 10 years. And I would start tackling that as much as possible because when COVID's done, even if the pandemic, you know, if this pandemic crisis is over in one year or maybe it's two, you're always going to need updated qualifications, updated projects, updated resumes, new photos for your projects. Right. Client wellness checks or having them provide feedback or, you know, have sending out surveys like client surveys are a big deal. Right. Yeah. Most don't do them. So, I mean, this is a great time to survey your clients and get some client feedback and analyze that and see if there's areas that we can improve. But as marketing professionals, you know, I've seen from in the nineties when there were hardly any marketers, only the big companies had them to the two thousands, when everybody had marketing staff to the late two thousands, like 2015 ish, when we started seeing a decline you know in the release of marketers as technology increased and as there were new technology tools the engineers could start doing more of their proposals which of course i'm not a big fan of but that's a different topic um <laughs> so you kind of you're you're watching kind of decline in marketing jobs because technology is backfilling it's kind of like when you go to the grocery store and you check out every single checkout lane used to have a human there checking you out well they found a way using technology for self-checkout, right? right? So why did they do that? Well, a lot of reasons, but you know, reducing overhead costs, you know, using technology to keep their overhead costs lower or even save money, obviously. So we need to find ways to not allow the industry to turn us into self-checkout, right? We always want to stay there and checking out people and staying engaged. So you have to find ways to bring value to your company you have to find ways to be smarter and more creative and come up with cool ideas to help your team get through covid and you really have to have some thought leadership you know educate yourself read some books i mean it's a good time to start reading books about you know selling and branding and all this fun stuff there's a lot of opportunities for us during this downtime especially internally, to start broadening our education, broadening our horizon, coming up with great ideas, new things, training ideas, to get our team ready for when COVID's over or kind of over and we're back to some type of normal.
0: Perfect. That is the exact answer I was after.
1: (laughs) I know it's a tough time for everybody because we're not inside an office, but Personally, I'm enjoying the at-home working because I've spent the last 15 years on airplanes. And so for me, it was a big adjustment, you know, coming back home, working from home, not being in person, not storyboarding in a room with people. But I think that there are some advantages because you do get a lot more work time, (laughs) less time. You have a lot more time to be thoughtful about new approaches. You have more time to read books and get more educated about topics that you may wanna learn in the future. And I do think just for all of us, it's all about enduring. This is the new word for me in 2021 is, you know we need to endure this year and then we need to find things that provides value to our employers and our companies and our staff. And each company is a little bit different. You know, that value may be different in some companies than others. Like some folks are really great at, you know, website design and cool stuff on the web. You know, maybe that's, maybe that's your value added benefit to your company versus other people who are great writers, you know, that take some time and start rewriting projects or rewriting SOQs and just really beefing them up. There's other folks that are really creative and just, haven't had time to come up with new graphic ideas for basic graphics like QAQC or project management, whatever it is. And so it's a really good time to step back and just look at what you have and advance it and make it better. So when we get to the end of COVID and we're released back in the public and we can meet with our clients, everything that we provided during this time is really helping our company be better and stronger in the end. So. That's my 10 cents on what we can do to be better.
0: Perfect. All right, well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, Marketeers, that's a wrap on this week's episode of the AEC Marketeer Podcast. I hope you, like me, now find yourself asking the question, what would Shiloh do? Thank you again, Shiloh, for joining me. As always, if you're enjoying this podcast, I would invite you to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. New episodes are released every Wednesday. Chat soon.